0: I want to take a quick second to promote a business that's a friend of the podcast and also a person who runs it is a friend of mine, and that is Sick Little Creations. So you can find it on Redbubble. There's amazing uh, stuff on there. You can find artwork, stickers, um, some clothing, a bunch of other stuff. Find it on redbubble.com. You can also uh, find more of her work. At Pinterest, be sure to check that out. It's really amazing work. So any at any time you have, you need to get a gift for someone. Like I know we're, you likely just missed Mother's Day, but still you do have, you do a Father's Day coming up. There are still birthdays. There are a variety of other holidays, so you can go for it. So definitely be sure to check that out. And that's the sick little creations, and you can find that on Redbubble. And also be sure to follow her on Pinterest as well. Hi everybody, this is Matt Kirby, and welcome to a brand new episode of Groupie and Harmony, a podcast about music. Today, there's a few things that I want to get to, um, so I'll just dive into the self-promotion first. My Facebook page, it's called Groupie and Harmony. Make sure you give that a like because I post whenever I have a new episode, whenever I have a new blog post for my music blog, feeling groupie whenever I have any updates about either. Um, keep an eye out for uh, the music blog. I'll have one post coming related to my one hit wonders that will be coming out in the next, I'm almost done with that one. So that'll come out really soon. Um, and then, uh, I, uh, also will have another, I am thinking I'll have another po- series that are either series or standalone post I'm not sure yet. They'll be coming out soon as well. So be on the lookout for that also. Um, and then I also have a basketball blog. Is Baller trademarked yet? Um, be on the lookout for that. There's going to be a post that's coming out this week. I got bogged down with one post and then started up a new post instead. So that one, um, I, the one that I'm going to be coming out with is, play, is different tiers of different teams. Like, uh, for instance, the championship contenders, the teams that are like in the playoffs, that are, look like playoff locks and so on. So be on the lookout for both of those. Those will be coming out really soon. So today, um, my original thought was because I wanted to uh, look at. Uh, I wanted to look at a couple things originally, and like I talked about a couple things, especially since this was uh, and since this was my last episode before I go on vacation tomorrow. Um, I wanted to do like a, one that wasn't too long. Talk about a few things, and then Rolling Stones drop Rolling Stone dropped uh, their top five hundred albums, or top five hundred songs of all time, an updated list. So I'll be discussing that. I'm also gonna be discussing um, a concert I went to on Sunday, which, if you don't count a uh, like a free Celtic concert that my town spon- that I think my town sponsored, um, and then there's a couple of things first. So we'll dive in. First thing that I want to discuss is in the last episode I had I was intrigued by the battle for the num, for the number 1 spot for the uh, top 200 between Drake and Iron Maiden especially because those two were doing out in a lot of different countries uh, ultimately it sounds like Drake got the last laugh in a lot of the countries um in the US and um his newest album Certified Lover Boy ended up uh, debuting at number 1 whereas Iron Maiden's album uh ended up debuting at number three with Kanye's uh, album dropping from number one to number two. And that one, there, I'm, I'm thinking about doing... Cause previously, I'd done one when one week in the Billboard 200 I found really fascinating uh, last year. Actually, it was almost exactly a year ago, even. Um, like a month away from that or so. Um, I found it absolutely fascinating to see... This week as well. So one, because one out week uh, last year, I had done a blog post that was discussing one, one week in, uh one week on the Billboard charts that I found out really fascinating, and because it was a loaded week. This week, I think it's just it's not that it's as loaded and anywhere near as loaded. I just find it absolutely fascinating, really interesting, multiple things, not just the Iron Maiden and Drake, comp- Drake competition. There are a few other things that I found really interesting on there. So. At some point, I'm probably going to do a blog post related to that, because I find that uh, that kind of platform lends itself better rather than just discussing it. And then uh, next thing that I do want to discuss, one thing that really makes really saddens me a bit, so uh, it had been reported that uh, the Rolling Stones, uh, because they're touring in the U.S., are they in the U.S., they weren't able to get back for Charlie Watts' uh funeral which uh, because of COVID restrictions since they were in the US which I mean I totally support the COVID restrictions uh, especially between countries that's just so sad that like they weren't able to get back to be able to get back there though in time for the funeral especially when like something like that uh, happens but I mean Jesus that's just devastating for them so and prayers go out to them and also to uh, Watson his family, loved ones, friends Um, next thing that I want to discuss briefly. So, um, uh, Mike Patton, most known for, uh, most known for, uh, being the lead vocalist of Faith No More and Mr. Bungle, uh, has announced that due to mental health issues, he is not going to be touring this year, which means that, uh, Faith No More and Mr. Bungle are both going to be canceling their tours. And what I will say is that, I mean, Especially as someone who has dealt with variety of mental health issues, um, props to him for recognizing that he that he couldn't function, he couldn't go on with it, and that he needed to like do what he needed to do to get better. And I know some people like will complain, being like, "Come on, just do your job." As someone who actually was hosp- hospitalized because uh, I couldn't stop thinking about killing myself at one point, sometimes with mental health issues, you literally can't. So props to him for recognizing that he needed to do, uh, whatever was necessary. So, a th- so there's a few festivals that they were going to be doing. Um, one of them was riot fest, which is scheduled to t- happen this weekend in Chicago. Um, and, um, faith no more and Mr. Bungle were scheduled to perform both of them Or, uh, I'm sorry. They're both scheduled to perform that one. So, um, Faith No More has been replaced by Rise Against on that Saturday. And then uh, uh, Mr. Buggle was set to perform on the Sunday. Um, They were replaced by Anthrax. So um, those two will be performing uh, there in their places. And then um, Aftershock. So one that I totally missed was that uh, a few weeks ago, Limp Bizkit had announced that they were canceling their tour. Um, the, uh, the remainder of their tour. So, uh, so then they were set to perform Aftershock, but then Faith No More was announced as the replacement to headline the mini Thursday night thing. Well, now that that pulled out, Cypress Hill is going to be replacing them um, to headline that one. And now... Uh, and uh, with that, again, I just hope that, for my bad's sake, he uh, is able to get the help he needs and that he... Uh, is able to be doing better at some point soon for his sake. Um, Another thing that I do want to discuss is briefly is, so there was some news that came out about uh, one music festival that happened this past weekend, the Blue Ridge Rock Festival. And the reason there was news that came out with it was because a lot of people were complaining a ton. Um, So what it sounds like was that there were complaints related to... uh, traffic um availability with parking um availability with camping um people uh people being able to get in and out without a uh, without a wristband that they were supposed to have and some other things so and i think it's interesting because um that it's sounding like that some of that reminds me of what happened with epicenter when i went um now Admittedly with epicenter they didn't have like issues on the days that i went with uh, people sneaking in or anything like that and i don't know what the camping sit if there were any issues with the camping situation um so i think that now na- so when i was there of course even with my first episode i was still a little bit bitter with how some of it went but i think now in retrospect i think that while some of it was uh brought upon themselves with epicenter some of it's like okay there's only so much they could do there so i can look at it a little bit more sanely so um So now I think I'm able to look at this one in the same kind of manner now. Um, So it sounded like that they did it in a really rural area. Um, So that meant, so they had insane traffic, which is kind of like Epicenter. At Epicenter, they did it on a road that had one lane each direction, which, uh, and it sounded like the first day they didn't put in, uh, they didn't change up traffic patterns at all, which, but, excuse me, but the issue was that then that meant, everyone was coming in from one direction. So that was a which that on the first day made everything really backed up. I didn't go on the first day. Um, but it was sounded like that if you tried to that day, no one would have gotten in. Um, and I admit same kind of thing happened with, it not like the same thing kind of thing happened with, uh, Blue Ridge Rock Festival. Um, and then, uh, Oh, and uh, this, I didn't say where it occurred. This one happened uh, in uh, Danville, Virginia. And then also, uh, one thing that they, that it was sound like a lot of people were saying was that they didn't have ample handicap spots. And I don't, I, I will confess, I don't know how a lot of festivals handle handicap spots. So if, uh, so, I mean, there might be the case of that, like, in general, festivals don't have a good reputation with that. But even still, I mean, it was sounding like that there were people who were effectively forced to have to push people in wheelchairs, um, like, more than a mile, um, which is, in, to even get to the festival, which is insane that they didn't have enough handicapped spots. And I think that, that at that point, that is a that is pretty poor planning, in my opinion. Um and then also it sounded like that uh, they oversold the campground area, um, which I think is kind of interesting because, like, you hear that a lot stuff like this a lot with airlines now, how, like, they oversell the airlines and the flights. Um, I'm not in favor of either of those. I think that's moronic to do that um, and really unfair to, uh, to people that if you buy, if you tell them, oh, yeah, you can buy a ticket, but then not make any promises. Um, so I... I think that's, I consider that closer to a, to a ripoff or a scam than an actual good business decision, but I think that will be a case that we'll see that grow more in, in like the business world and in, uh, commerce and not, and not be reduced unless uh, regulations are implemented sooner, which I don't see happening considering that no one's talking about this, um, really except, except some people complaining about flights. And then, um, the, and then saying that, uh, there were issues with them, uh, letting, I heard some, there were some people complaining about, uh, letting in people without, uh, without risk, not checking for wristbands. And I think that one, from what it was sounding like, is that they, and they misjudged the number of people that were there, as did vendors, which I'm guessing that that one, the festival missed, told them the wrong number of people, um, which... Is surprising. I mean, when a case like Woodstock, it's like, okay, that's like the original Woodstock. It's like, okay, that while it, they were really off, there was some, you can understand a little bit why, because there hadn't been anything like this before. With digital sales, you should have an idea of how many people are, uh, coming and selling. So, um, they're coming in buying tickets. So, uh, so I th- and I think with them being short staffed, I mean, things can get frantic with being short staffed. Uh, I mean, I just think that's insane, though, that like it did it, that they did sound like that they just weren't prepared enough. And I mean, I would think that in a case like with COVID, you would make sure you would try to get people who were backups to be um, to be helping just in case, even if there were people that decide, pulled out because of COVID or were scared of getting COVID or something like that. So that in, I, I think that was pretty disappointing in that regard. Um, but I think also, um, something that I think ultimately really made a big difference with epicenter, cause I went on Saturday and Sunday, Saturday, there was a lot of traffic. Um, we ended up parking far, kind of far out Sunday though. There wasn't that much. The reason was because I, w- uh, I went early on Sunday and I went, I didn't go early on Saturday. So it was sounding like a lot of people who did go early, didn't have an issue. And I think that also with the day on the first day of the festival it will typically be more when if uh, if it's in a rural area and you're doing camping because um, unless you have something where like if people are camping then they can come in earlier um, and that's just because uh, and that's just because of uh, the of the fact that you have like just everyone coming in at the same time and more people coming in but even still I mean if you go in earlier, I, cause any festival I've been to, if I went early, I never had any issue with parking. If I went later, it was a nightmare to find parking. So that's just something that is typical with festivals. So, um, I mean, if you really are like, Oh, but I couldn't get merch cause it got sold out. I couldn't find parking as easily cause it was packed. Well, go earlier in the day. That's just something with festivals. Um, they say, Oh, well I couldn't then deal with the p- issues with parking. Um, but I, I think that in general with that one, um, uh, well also is that I, one that I heard is that afterwards, um, they, after early on in the festival, like the first day or two, when there were people complaining, they, um, the festival itself made an announcement saying, when people are complaining about parking, saying where the lot official lots were and say, talk about the shuttles. And I think that if they had to do that, then I think that in my opinion, they dropped the ball a bit and didn't properly communicate that at halftime. And you're not going to get communicate that to everyone, but I mean, even still, if you're missing that many people when you're trying to communicate it, that's that's you probably did something wrong there, in my opinion. So overall, I think it did sound like that there were a lot of people that did enjoy it, and then there were a decent number of people that had a miserable time. Um, and I think that kind of was the case with, like, uh, with when I went to Epicenter also. Um, I mean, just on Saturday, people were miserable, which, of course, they were. A tornado was going through. And by Saturday, people were like, why did what, this is horrible, especially with since Friday was a mess also. But then by Sunday, everyone was having a blast. So um, that's not surprising, though. Now, there's two other things that I want to discuss one thing be uh so i want to do the the rolling stone top 500 list and but before that i do want to briefly discuss the actually not really briefly but i do want to discuss the concert that i went to so um on sunday i went to my first concert since uh since covid and that's excluding the um the local uh celtic show that i outdoor celtic show that i went to that was free um so this one i saw silent planet at uh the webster theater in hartford connecticut and uh originally they were because out the webster theater they have a main stage and then they have a side stage that um i, th- I want to say they call it the webster underground um so this one was originally scheduled to be at the side stage but then an act that was going to be at the side stage at the same time uh had to cancel so uh and because Silent Planet didn't sell a ton of tickets. They moved them over to the side stage. So, they, uh, what I will say is that it was an awesome show. I loved it. Um, they are, I haven't, I hadn't seen them before, and they're an excellent live band. They also had a bunch of openers who were great, also. Um, I think that with how, I, I was, I'm glad I went to a smaller show because I know that. If I had gone to my cause one show that I had been eyeing was a Little Baby concert. Um, ultimately, I decided not to go to that one, um, in part because I didn't feel ready to go to a big concert, and then also in part I just knew by the end of the week I would just be so tired. And I ultimately I decided I, while while like a Little Baby, I didn't feel like a hardcore enough fan to regret not going to that, and I still don't regret not going to that. Um, so with Silent Planet uh, show, um, so for the venue itself. Um, they, they required you to wear masks. Uh, they didn't They there were times where they weren't great at enforcing it, but at the same time though, I felt like there was some self governance where like a lot of people would like stay away in with masks would be staying away from trying to stay away from people without masks. Um, and, uh, even with mosh pits, they, uh, if it, if it looked like that, what I, I don't mosh, and I was in the back the whole time, um, but what it looked like was that when people got, well it was like a case that people felt like they were hitting each other too much, then the moss pit dispersed. So that was really interesting to see, and that was like not, that was the case not only with the openers, but then even into the into Silent Planet's set. Um, and uh, they, um, and also, so with Silent Planet, um, one thing that they do is they typically will uh, encourage, uh, crowd surfing and stage diving. Um, which, in this one, they actually asked not to do that. Even with that, they still ended up having one person that like ki- effectively kickflip off the stage to crowd surf, and then, I think that same person, if not someone else, ending up on stage hugging the lead singer by the end of it. Um, but, even still, so I was at the back, um, and that was mainly because I didn't, I, there were a few people at the back. Effectively, I watched the set with people that worked at the uh, people that worked at the theater and then, uh, some, and then some members of opening acts, but I had an awesome time. I'm really glad I went to that show. Um, it, it was a lot of fun. I didn't feel like I was at risk, especially since I was further back. And since I was further back, I was able to like, I even was able to be like six feet apart from people. Um, well, that would have been tougher if I was closer up, but I think for my first show, I did want to be further back. Um, So I am glad that I went, uh, I had a great time. Um, and I'm, and I'm going to a couple more concerts this weekend. So I'm really excited that, um, I got those initial nerves out of the way. Cause I, cause well, as much as I do want to go to concerts again, I was a little bit, I admittedly was a little bit nervous with how it would all go. Um, and I mean, because like, I mean, I, I take COVID seriously. Um, and I know not everyone does. So that was the main reason. But ultimately, I'm glad that it went well. Now, the last thing that I want to do is discuss Rolling Stone's uh, newest version of the 500 Greatest Songs of All Time. So so this is the third time they've released that. They previously released it in 2003, I want to say. I don't have it up, but I think it was 2003 and 2010, I think was, uh, the, uh, was what, when they did it. Um, but yeah, so, uh, 2003 and 2011, it looks like my bad. Um, so this one, so In their, so what they also, because they also did, um, the greatest albums of all time. Um, I want to say last year. And with that one, what they did was they frankly had a list that was the result of discussing it with a more, a more diverse group rather than like almost everyone that they asked being white men, old white men. This time it did seem like that they discussed with a lot of different people. Um, so um from like different age groups um which and like different styles of music as well and like even like individuals in the music industry like musicians producers songwriters um others in the music industry um critics journalists and several others so um and uh um also to just to give apparently to give an idea of how much this list has changed, um, two hundred and fifty-four of the songs in this list were not in the original two thousand and four list, and I think that is a that truly is a result of the um, of a more diverse uh, people that group that was being asked. So I'm not going to go through the whole list list. I'm not that's just torture. What I'm thinking is I'm thinking about doing um, highlighting some things that I think are kind of, surpri- maybe are surprising that we're in there or like maybe are interesting to see them rise so much or fall so much, something like that. I'm not quite sure how I'm going to do that um, in the blog post. Um, I haven't decided yet how I'm going to do that yet, but um, I'll figure something out in the coming week or two and uh, I'll do that. In this one, what I'm going to do is I'm going to discuss the top 10. I think that's a, I think that's a fair a fair choice. So number 10, and I'll do 10 down to one. So number 10 is Heya by Outcast. So that one, um, I'm, I'm not too surprised to see that rise. Cause it, cause I mean, that one's a case. I, cause I mean, it wasn't included in the original list because, well, it was released months before the original list came out. But, uh, then it, uh, Um, but like, even by two, um, by like the 2011 list, it was already in, it was already at 182 and it, um, it was already like being considered like one of the, like a legendary song already. So I figured it would rise. Um, and I, and I think that even in recent years, it has, uh. It has gotten more popular, because I know, like, for instance, Enemy, even, in 2014, um, by then, had already ranked it at number 18 on their greatest, uh, their 500 greatest songs of all time. So, I'm not too surprised to see it in the top 10. Um, would I have predicted it going into it? I don't know. And I think that was just because I probably wouldn't have predicted a ton of these just because, or I wouldn't have even attempted to predict a ton of these Just because I wasn't, I really wasn't, wouldn't, wouldn't be sure just with the new group of individuals being uh, asked about this, I wasn't sure how that would shake up uh, and shape up. So, um, one thing that's interesting with that one is that, um, there would be some, including myself that point out, well, is this one. No disrespect to this song, but is this even Outkast's best song? And the case against that would be B.O.B. Because I th- I think that that one, because um, I think that one is an inc- exceptional song too. But even still, I think that, I'm not surprised to see Heya get um, um over B.O.B. in this kind of case. Um, it, it's an excellent song. Um, number nine is Dreams by Fleetwood Mac so this one is uh um this one I will confess I think this one really did benefit from being uh from uh it being recent with uh the um the recent uh TikTok video with uh the song playing with the um I can't think of what type of cranberry juice at ocean spray, maybe, um, whatever that is. So I'm not th- too surprised to see it ranked really high. I, I think this one, um, kind of reminds me of the case where, uh, after, uh, the documentary film, the last dance came out where, uh, when ESPN released their, uh, top, ba- uh, top basketball, top NBA players of all time. And, uh, several bulls players were ranked or and in general players that were discussed in that, especially both players, were ranked higher than they had been previously. So I think this is kind of similar to that. Um should it be there? I don't know. Um I think there's a case to be made. I mean it's an excellent song. Um I uh I just I think in the whenever they really Rolling Stone releases their next version of it in other words, look out for another around approximately another 10 years. I don't expect that this one will still be in the top 10. Um, and I mean, that's you will know, this this will happen sometimes for songs like rise, fall, etc. Um, and I mean, that that happens. Um, number eight is Get Your Freak On by Missy Elliott. Um, that one is, that's interesting because, uh, um, in, uh, it, that one really rose a lot because, uh, in particular, uh, well, first off, when Rolling Stone released their best songs of the 2000s, that one was ranked 14th on that one, and, uh, and then, uh, da- and it was, in two th- and in their last list, it was ranked 466th on, uh, for their uh greatest songs of all time. But at the same time though, um Enemy had like placed at seventeenth of their one hundred fifty best tracks the past fifteen years. So, um yeah, I probably wouldn't have predicted that one would be so high up. Um I think it's a fair choice. Um it's an excellent song. Um I have no idea where it would be on my list, but that's that one is really just a case of uh, of just being like, I just haven't really thought too much about my list after the top five, um, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I'm I'm not opposed to that by any means. I thought I think it's an an interesting choice, really cool choice, um, to have there. Now number seven is spoiler alert the beatles top song on this list they have multiple including three in the top 25 um strawberry fields forever um yeah i think that one is an interesting one i think that it is really influential in a uh, psychedelic music um a lot of people do consider this one uh one of their best songs which is interesting especially since uh um hey jude had been ranked number one for a while. And I felt like there was a case of people being like, well, that was that their most influential song even? Um, is that actually their best song? So, um, I, I, I think that, um, um and then uh, it had consistently ranked in the top, uh, in uh the, you know, the top of Greatest Songs of All Time. Like in 2004, it ranked uh, 76th, rather, on Rolling Stone's list. Um, and, uh, and I mean, it typically, and, um, it typically is like in the top 100 songs of all time, um, typically is one of the greatest songs, uh, because one of the greatest songs or one of the greatest Beatles songs of all time. Um, usually, and recently it's been either that, it seemed to be either that one or a day in the life. Um, and I think this one in particular. Um. There is the case with uh, just how influential it is with psychedelic uh music. I, I think for me, is it even the Beatles' greatest song? That's a really difficult one to answer. Um, I think that literally would depend on the day for me. It's up there. Um, I just don't know where exactly I would rank it. Um, and I think even like, just like in uh, there are uh there are times where I'm like, where I have it lower, but then other times where I have it higher, I think, um, and I think really that's just my thought process of how influent, of how much I am considering how influential it was on psychedelic music. And in turn rock music of not only the sixties, but then even like the seventies and then in turn the eighties. And especially like, even like when you do have like certain, uh, uh, certain artists that still are influenced by psychedelic or like neo-psychedelic music. Um, or like psychedelic pop artists that are, Megan. I think that like look no further than like artists like MGMT or Tame Impala kind of thing, and then you gotta then you gotta figure that um, that it's not too surprising to see it there. Um, number six is "What's Going On" by Marvin Gaye. Um, that's interesting because this one um, actually ended up dropping a little bit. It was previously ranked number four in both 2004 and 2011. So to see it as drop a tiny bit is interesting. Um, that one was more so just because a few song, other songs had risen, um, which I mean, I know some people would say, oh, that should be higher though. Well, which of the top five then do you drop out? And this, that's a case of what happened there, I think. And we'll get to those in a second. Um, but I think, I mean, that one's a legendary song, really important to music. Um, I think it it's fair to include in the top 10. Um, and I mean, I think that one really does come down to a case of where in the top 10 it comes down to, well, who do you have it above in the top 10? So um, yeah, and there are some publications that don't have it in the top 10, um, but It consistently seems to be in the top 100, um, frequently in the top 50 also. So um, I think that's a fair choice to uh, have that in uh, the top at number six, especially considering the other uh, the others that uh, are in the top five. And now for number five, Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. That one is not surprising to see in the top five, in my opinion, especially because of a lot of... uh, I think that because especially um, a lot of a lot of people have like grown to like grunge music more, um, especially in recent years, especially seeing that, uh, which is interesting because like, I think you see like post grunge music get like a bad rap a lot of times online. But then it's like people are like, oh, it's not the same as grunge music. Well, yeah, no does, Sherlock. Um, it's I mean, that tends to happen when you have like, I mean. Look at glam metal. It's not the same as metal. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so uh, I think that just with its influence on rock music as a whole, um, and especially, like, I think it really did shape like a a lot of what happened with uh, 90s rock music from there on and was really important in uh, the development of Alternative, and not the development of Alternative, but, like, the advancement of Alternative, rather. So, uh it's uh, consistently been in the top 10 for a Rolling Stones list, I do believe. Um, I can't seem to find the previous rankings for it on here, but uh, I believe that at one point I was previously, I think number nine, maybe. Um, so yeah, I think that um, I'm not too surprised seeing it rise a little bit, um, but I, I think it's a good choice. Now number four is "Like a Rolling Stone" by Bob Dylan. Um, so I mean, not surprising to see it ranked in the top five. Um, case to be made that it is a little bit surprising to see it, uh, to see it there because in the past two editions it was actually ranked number one. Now I always joked, of course Rolling Stone would choose "Like a Rolling Stone," um, but I th- and I think this one is a case of a uh, you. Do see um a more, as a result of a more diverse group, a uh, selection of, of artists rather, um that is a big result of uh, or that's a. That's like a bit uh consequence of that that uh, this falls a little bit and I'm not opposed to that I don't have it in my top five for greatest songs of all time, um, and uh, I. I mean, I don't know where I would rank it because, again, I only have my top five set (laughs) in stone. But I, um, and what I will say also is that that is the top song made by a white artist. So I'm not too surprised to uh, see that where it is then. Number three, A Change Is Gonna Come by Sam Cooke. I love that song. and I am excited to see it in the top, to see it in the top, not only in the top 10, but as high as it is. Um, I know in two, the original edition, they had it, it ranked, uh, they had ranked number 12. Um, so, I'm, I think that's, uh, I th- I think that's awesome to, uh, see it rank so high. And I think it's not too surprising because, uh, it is, uh, because it really is, um, a um, a civil rights song. Um, and in particular, it was, uh, discussing the struggles of, uh, in particular, um, being black in, uh, um, in America. And especially after, um, he after he and uh, his uh, crew was uh, turned out of a white's only motel um in Louisiana. so i um i'm not too surprised given um uh given uh the the last couple years um that that one rose and i think it's a great choice number 2 is fight the power by public enemy i think that so i don't i will confess i don't have this one in my top 5 But I think it's a fair choice for the top five. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, even in like, it's show how crazy it's risen. Um, Even in 2004, it was ranked number 322 on their uh, top songs of all time. And I think that one is, uh, I think it is like a really important song. And again, given um, the last, the recent years, that's not surprising to see it that high. Um, It is really important. Really important song. Um well regarded. Um really is um an excellent song. Um and it's the top rap song on this list, spoiler alert. But I think it's uh it's an excellent choice. Excellent song, um, really well written, um, really powerful. Um and it is I don't I in my opinion this is a different list than greatest. Songs of All Time, it is one of the, I would say it's one, I, I don't have this list in mind, but I would assume that this list would be somewhere on the list for most important songs of all time. And now, number one, Respect by Aretha Franklin, which, a little fun fact, um, that means that, actually, that is the top cover song on the list, because Otis Redding uh, recorded the original version, um, and then um, Aretha Franklin transformed it into uh, her own song, um, and transformed it from like a softer song with uh, of a man begging for begging for forgiveness into uh, um, a co- uh, into an anthem of uh, confident woman, which I think was. I mean, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Aretha Franklin, in my opinion, might be one of the is one of the best, if not the best at taking a song that she didn't write and making it her own. She was so good at that one. Um, And, uh, and I mean, I'm glad to see it. Number one. Um, it's, uh, I think it's a good choice and I'm not too, I'm not too surprised seeing it. Number one, Would I predicted it, I wouldn't know where to, what, what to predict at what number. Um, just given, uh, that I didn't know how it would go for with, uh, with uh, more, uh, with the uh, change in voters, but I think that having more females, um, voting for it, I or voting in general, I think that's interesting to see it rise. Cause in two, um, in uh, two thousand four, it was ranked, uh, it was ranked number five on the list. So I think that's really cool to, uh, see it, rise like that. And uh, as a quick bonus, since I have alluded to what my top five songs were, I'll give them to you here. Number five, Stand By Me by Benny King. You'll find in this list I am a bit of a sucker for uh, 60s uh, R&B and soul. Um, I think that one's just such a, one of the most beautiful songs ever. Um, number four, Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones. Um, that one actually dropped like crazy on this on this list and isn't even their highest charting song. I just think it's one of the most co- uh, one of the most cohesive songs of all time. Which is why I have it so high, number three, Respect by Aretha Franklin, and that's not to disrespect it from it, uh, from uh, compared to Rolling Stone having it number one, that's just because I'm really high on two others, number two, one that isn't even on the top 25 on Rolling Stone's newest list and I don't think ever has been, Uh, Layla by Derek and the Dominos. That's another one I think is just such a beautiful song, and uh, I think the, I think it's so cool because um, it was the first I believe it was the first notable song, to uh, the first like really popular song to have the um a guitar solo played uh with a bow, um on it, so I thought that was a really cool idea and the way that they did it made it was just work out perfectly and number one, a change is gonna come by Sam Cooke, I think not only is it like the are the lyrics just absolutely incredible, um, but, I think just also it is tr- it truly is the most beautiful song of all time, which is why I, and I think that, as. That like in a, that the combination of influence and just how it sounds have to be considered, and I think that ultimately it just because it's the best sounding song of all time, easily, it just tr- it's sounds so it's just the perfect song in my opinion how it sounds, so that's why it trumps everything else. Now I'll give a quick album recommendation because uh, I want to, and the album I'm going to be recommending today because I haven't done too many new ones. On this one, I'm going to do one that was released last year. I don't want to do any 2021 twenty twenty one albums because then that might ruin my uh, my top albums of 2021. But the one this one actually was the one, uh, one of my favorite albums right now, or at least for since it was released, it has been. And and since I listened to it, especially um, that one would have to be Punisher by Phoebe Bridgers. So I had this one actually as my number one album of twenty twenty. Admittedly was really close um between that one and Grey by Moses Sumney, but ultimately Punisher just edged out Grey because I I'll be blunt. I because thought both were perfect albums, but I just thought that uh Punisher I felt like I could more easily justify more justify it. So um uh, so with puncher I think that it was really interesting Phoebe bridges her lyricism was, uh, was brilliant in this one uh so many songs that are really good uh, really good lyrics um, it ended up being like a lot of critics considered it one of the best albums of the year um, it and it uh, she ended up with uh, multiple Grammy nominations as a result of it. So um, I think some of my favorite, my favorite song really depends on the day with that one. Um, Kyoto is uh, probably my favorite, although uh, Moon Song is also an excellent song, an absolutely beautiful song. Um, Halloween is another one that is uh, really well written um, and uh, it has a collaboration with Connor Overst which I think and it was a, great collaboration on that one um and then um i see you is also a really cool one um really some really clever lyrics on that one too um and that's the thing with like a punisher is that um throughout the there's i think it's just some lyrics that are just so memorable um like um in halloween they have the they have a the, um I don't remember the exact line but it was something jokingly saying something along the lines of uh, co- when complaining about living by the hospital I always joke that if they wake you up that um someone better be dying um and then um I see you um I think had the line um I hate your mom I hate when she ever she opens your mouth it's a uh, it's amazing to see somebody could say so much with without knowing what they're speaking about something along those lines um just really cl- um, like brutally honest, clever, really funny lyrics in like a more serious song. I think it's really cool how she did it. Um in my opinion there really isn't a bad song on this album. Um I know the end is another one that's a great one. Um that's the last one on there. Graceland two is really cool. Um Garden Song is excellent. Really I think that this one is just an excellent album. Um so well written. Um I think that Phoebe just Bridgers- this is only her second album and uh, and she's only 27. So um, I think this album in particular really just showcased, while her first album did get great reviews as well, um, this album just really showcases just how talented of a songwriter she is. Um, and I'm really excited for the future for her. I think this one was her big breakthrough album. Um, I'm really excited to see what happens from from here for her, and I hope she gets more popular because I think my mindset with that a lot of times is that when artist gets more popular, their music is more accessible. Um, of course, there's some exceptions, but still, I'm rooting for her here. Um, this album isn't for everyone. Um, it's like some musically, it's probably some blend of like indie music folk music and emo um but it's probably best classified as indie um but overall i would highly recommend this one i think that uh i love the album i would i think it's excellent so um if you're able to and it if that kind of style those kind of styles of music pique your interest i would definitely recommend checking it out so that's all for today thank you so much for listening um I'm not sure when I'll next be back. I'm on vacation. Um I am back from vacation on Monday. So I'll uh but I'll keep you posted. Um until then, make sure you like the Facebook page, keep an eye out for uh for blog posts for both uh Is Baller Trademarked yet and feeling groupy. And until then, I'll talk to you soon. Bye.